Lat B, where MMA and UFC get silly. This is the Lat B Podcast. Welcome back. Welcome back to Lat B. I'm Emmanuel. We got Cheney here. It's the breakdown show for pay-per-view two, four, five. But before that, Cheney's going to let you know what we're going to get into. We are going to recap UFC DC. We are going to briefly, I don't even think there's anything to talk about in Twitterverse worth holding it up. We might talk about the Fight Pick Championship a little bit. And what you're all here for, we are going to try to get into it as fast as possible. UFC 245, how excited are you? I am to the roof. The Embeddeds have been off the chain. Breakdowns have been coming out everywhere. It is as good as it gets in the MMA world. Shot out of a cannon. It is amazing. I mean, this is what we live for. End of the year stuff. There's the Lappies right around the corner. That's got me itching. I'm at the edge of my seat. Have you looked at that at all? Oh, yes, I have. I've started to mull over on it once. I was like, all right. When you asked me for a logo, I was like, oh, shit. Should I start doing Lappie work? Should I start picking my fight pick championship that that's what's going on? Yeah, look back. I look back at previous cards in the year and be like, there were some really great performances this year. But that's and are you for another like time. Ease pick or is it all a surprise? It's a surprise. It's a surprise. So if you're a really nerd and you haven't watched this yet on YouTube, you can fly over there because I'm gonna try to put together silly stuff for mine as well. Maybe not even silly. Some of it will be awesome. Obviously, when we have our like best submissions and best the know, classics. Whatever. I know, and I was actually thinking about it when I was reading through the list, and I was like, isn't it weird we're about to talk about it when we get into this fight card? How this time last year, I remember the knee bars, the submission of the years happening this time last year, too. And I, that's the submission that kept in my head was that Bryce Mitchell uh, twist twister. Woo! But before that submission we get into, we're going to go over the ESPN 7 card, Washington, D.C. quickly here. We ended up having a Team Money Team Fighter come through, biggest favorite of the night for 9400 on DraftKings. It was Mahmoud Marduav against Trevor Smith, TKO round number three. Had him on a little bit of cards, but 9-4 was pretty steep. Uh, Trevor Smith, he's one of those guys for a long time I've been waiting for him to get on out of here mm-hmm. and I think it's been pretty much proven time and time again <laughs> then we ended up having Janji Roba submit the debuting Marley Marley Martin and this was a submission round number two I actually ended up getting 100% on this one I switched it over Janji Roba submission round number two on that tech everybody was lucky that you couldn't get that hot hot 25 ah, true hot hot 25 for another time, but Martin just didn't look UFC caliber. Janjaroba only really has only ever lost to Carlos Barza, and that was it in a decision. So I think Janjaroba can eat up these uh, early on fighters in their career right now, and only when she gets in that top ten does she start to actually see. Janjaroba has no blind spots. <laughs> if you've seen her, you know what I mean. She has let it be. 180 degree vision for sure. <laughs> I'm gonna name my goldfish Janji Roba. <laughs> <laughs> and then she comes and beats my ass. True, true, okay. true. But she can get it done in there. Definitely a from prospect. Martin's, I don't necessarily like what I see. Then something that I really didn't like to see. My bad. I ended up switching some of my better friends' minds on this. And boy, Howdy. 
did I shit in bed. Oh, it was Selecki was first. Oh, it was Selecki ended up getting a Matt Wyman three-round decision. Yeah, that's kind of what everyone... Yeah, I agree. Everyone thought it was going to be. It was a big scorer on DraftKings because he just pretty much pummeled the old man. But as we're saying, it's time for Wyman to get on out of here as well. And it's uh, rare he's going to be winning too many more moving forward. I got that hot. 25 on that. Mm. That's a nice way to get it. Then we ended up There's having... no hot 25. We're not into the <laughs> FPCs yet, the five-pick championships for you newbies. So then we ended up going over to the submission that made me cry. Matt Salis getting twistered, second one ever in UFC history. Mitchell pulled it off. He was so hyped up, he's going to send Ariel Hawani some beef squirrel jerky and beef and uh, squirrel soup. Have you been hearing about the his squirrel antics lately? Ugh. Fuzzy rat. <laughs> Fuzzy rat soup. So, Bryce Mitchell getting it done in there, getting a performance of the night bonus as well. He's definitely... Screaming uh, for that camouflage again. Bryce Mitchell, I like him going forward. I am bummed. I did switch to Salus beforehand, um, but I li- I liked Salus too. I thought they were both uh, up and comers. Uh, Salus's ground game. I don't know if he's been figured out or if Bryce Mitchell's that good, but either way, I love Bryce Mitchell going forward, and I think Salus might be a dirty underdog for some. How do you feel about Bryce Mitchell also giving all credit to Eddie Bravo in that YouTube page? Oh, I didn't see that. That's yeah, awesome. he's like, I learned it off YouTube. Oh, that's really awesome. He should go train out at 10th Planet with 100%. 100%. And Tony. And Tony. Yeah, he exactly. seems like he has a good personality for that. Well, he has that type of heart that we talk about. And Gas Tank, where it's like, it doesn't matter. I think he's a future star. I like his shtick. Like, he's a character. That is what... it. It is an entertainment sport as well. And yep. this kind of character of being, not because you're playing a character, but not the Colby route, not that that's wrong either. I love the shtick, but I like who he is. And it definitely is a demographic of UFC fan. So get that camouflage, Reebok. Get that good camouflage. Don't do use that reused fabric in your shop. Everybody knows. Then we end up moving hey, on. Reebok still. I have to say, I've tried, like two like, more years your designs and have gotten better somewhere with the exception of the East Coast, West Coast embarrassment. I'll let that go. That's so like you shouldn't even have gotten involved in that. Like, here's your corporate shirts for your gangsta East West battle, Diaz and Mosman, but whatever. Um, I, I, their clothes are so fucking ill fitting. We got, we saw booty crack. We saw, All come day. on, come All on. Day. Sorry. So, moving on. To a featherweight bout, we ended up having Billy Quatrillo come in over Jacob Kilburn's submission, round number two. This was two young guys. I can't really take much from it because Kilburn just doesn't look UFC caliber to me at all whatsoever. So not much to take from that fight. Billy needs a much higher level competition. Kilburn could be a one and dunner in the UFC. I mean, he lost his other bout on the Contender Series, so surprising. He might have just been there to fill a spot to make this other kid look good. Look like a murderer. We are watching ESPN frame guys' career better for the highlight reels. Which we're gonna, we should talk about a little bit in that Twitterverse stuff with that Liz Carmouche. Oh my gosh! But here, I just gave ESPN um, some cred. ESPN News. ESPN, what True. the W? It should be ESPN WTF. Uh, get on out I of here. I have ESPN on my team. We have ESPN covered. Between the two of us, we got ESPN covered. I couldn't find ESPN it, news. news anywhere. It was we like, had to illegally stream ESPN News. 
Uh, allegedly. At somebody else's house. <laughs> allegedly. It's somebody else's IP and stream. Yeah. <laughs> so. ESPN News. ESPN News. Unbelievable. You should be ashamed of yourselves. So, that's all I have to say about that. Moving on to Tim Means. We had him defeating Tiago Alves. Submission round number one. This should have been a TKO. This should have been a T. Oh, yeah. This would have been a hot 25. Not on the main event, but still, I got robbed. I mean, Alves was done. He just decided Would to jump say, on it. Would uh, you that you got Rob Fontes? Oh! <laughs> Boom! <laughs> is that the best way to go is just move on with that from yeah. that last fight? What's there to say about Alves and Means at this point that we haven't already said? Great point. Then we go into the main event, the main card, six total bouts. We had the fight pick championships. Rob Font coming through for both of us. That Hot 25 was live. Oh, it felt good to start off Woo! with. I felt like, you know, when you're at one of those office ret retreats and you all have to do like trust exercises and you go out and then there's hot coals on the ground yes. with tiki torches and they're like, come on, Cheney, you can do it. And I was like, oh, hot, 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 25, 25, 25. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, you come too. And you were like, Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Definitely a good way to start off the night, but there's no way in hell Rob Font got a 30-27. No way. No way he won all three rounds. He was taken down multiple times, was I it, agree. in the first or second? So 29-28, I could definitely more comfortable, but uh, this one definitely... Ricky Simone won at least one of those rounds in there, but I still had Rob Font win a decision. Good one. Both of these guys moving forward. Uh, and the fight pick championship, contenders. speaking of a hot 25, finished second place for like the third week in a row. Woo! It's great, but it's still, it's like a lot of silver medals I'm accumulating. It's like I'm the swimmer that is swimming at the same time as Michael Phelps that no one, I'm the DC of the fight pick championships! And I got a rope around you. I got a rope around you and you're tugging me along because I'm in third place, so. <laughs> Overall. I'm in second place to boot. I feel like I'm in third. Oh, yeah. Oh, did you finish third in the week as yeah. well? Weird. We finished in the week, and then overalls are the same score as where we fit placed in the week. So, living the high life, taking control of the five championships. Knock that clout nine right out of there. I was like, This is the other thing that I also have to give credit for, and it's the first time I'm really not upset about it. Um, Ricky, number one. Wow. Everybody's underneath Ricky this week. Wow. Yeah. It is credit where credit is due. Good job, Ricky. So he's like a sleeper. Uh, he uh, A werewolf. He only comes out during the full moon. <laughs> one time a month, here he shows up and he's gangbusters. Kills everyone. And then goes back underground for... <laughs> turns back into a human and like... Chilling out, laying low. <laughs> laying he, the lowest. He definitely does lay pretty low. Good for him. He definitely deserves yeah. all credit. Congrats, congrats, congrats. And I didn't even make the thing. I'm, of course, didn't make anything for Ricky for the YouTube. <laughs> That's <laughs> shitty. And I didn't even do it on purpose. It was just like I was so busy doing graphics for this week. Because it's a stacked one. 
But for USC 245, don't forget why you're here. We haven't forgotten. At all. Then we ended up moving over to Bantamweight, 135 pounds, where you had Cody Stamen versus Song Yanong come in. And this one should not have been a draw. Cody Stamen won that fight. See, this is why the only reason I'm not upset about the draws is I'm not naive. I had Yudong Song on this, and so the draw actually saved me from losing points. <laughs> and other people gaining points. Yeah, so I loved it. I loved it. But I had Song Yudong as well on the Fight Pick Championships. Cody Stamen won we that fight. We high-fived when it was yeah, a draw. We, we were, were like, like like a win for us. <laughs> <laughs> but that was a robbery as robbery gets. I mean, he was deducted a point in the first round for illegal illegal knee to the head to a down opponent. Immediate one point deduction. And then Cody Stamen won the next two rounds. Mm -hmm. On top of the first round, he dominated, making it a 10-8. There's no way it was a draw. So, absolutely shameful. Everybody knows who won that fight. And it was definitely Stamen in there. Then we ended up moving over to Aspen Ladd. Getting it done in there over Yana Kunitskaya. She got it done in th 33 seconds of the third round. Kunitskaya couldn't handle her on the ground. TKO, the scream was activated multiple times. In the first and second round, Kunitskaya did live through it. But that she third round She got me with that scream. I was like, stop it! Stop it! Oh, she's going to die! And she's going to die! And I had Lad KO round two. Oh. So I was like, oh, come stop on, that. girl. Scream, scream. I was like, throw in the <laughs> Definitely. Uh, either way, Lad was winning that fight. I had Kunitskaya. I was the only one. I had her decision. I was hoping she was going to be able to keep it standing. Unfortunately, she wasn't. But I think Kunitskaya stays around in the division. Lad, I don't... Ugh, I'm still... She has a lot of holes in her striking. On the ground, we know what she can do. But striking, all it takes is one, which has already been proven with her. I so. do like that she's definitely gotten her body under. She, she looked totally different. At Wayne's, great yeah. call. And I, that is, discipline is the key to success, I think, and longevity in this sport. And so that discipline, unlike another fighter that we'll talk about later, because I've hated on Lad in life for missing weight. I just think you might as well let the other person do steroids before they go in. That's, you know, you get an advantage there. So I thought Lad looked good. Um, not good enough to fight a man in noons. Agreed. Totally agreed. really kind of the next step in a weird way. No way. Yeah. She Amanda Nunes fights this weekend. This was the number one contender. Of the 135. Kunitskaya was a number one. Kunitskaya and Lad, don't you think? Oh, no. I thought Kunitskaya was Well, the way number higher. one is GDR right, right now. And then they always like to keep Holly up there. <laughs> exactly. Even though she's on like a four Ronda's got a spot, strength. too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of Ronda Rousey, I'm going to get off topic for a second. Get it. So, <laughs> I finally bought the UFC fight game. Oh. It was on sale for the holiday. It was like $17.99. And Ooh. I was like, yep, I'm going to download it. I'm going to practice the UFC fight game. Because um, I can't let you get better than me. You introduced me to it since you got your Xbox One X or whatever fancy thing you got going on. Um, but, so I started a character in the Woman's 125. Worked her way all the way up through her career. Unlocked a bunch of screens where they were like a legend screen on my thing. One of them says GOAT because I unlocked the GOAT status on my game. I got to a spot for two days where Ronda Rousey was beating my ass. Like she would just, no matter what, she would get me down at some point and how quick that little, that I couldn't even figure out how to get out of the arm bars. And every time I would try to get out, she would reset and just get over tight. It was just unreal. She was beating my ass. And I was like, why is this happening? I was thinking about it like a video game. 
And then I was laying in bed on my way to sleep one night and I thought about it like a UFC fight fan and I'm like, I gotta head kick that bitch. <laughs> I, yeah. I knocked her out in the first minute of the fight the very next time we her weakness. I'm like, there Kick you Kick her in the head. <laughs> her only weakness. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So if you're ever stuck at Ronda Rousey on the UFC fight game or if you want to talk That's about That's pro them. tips right there. You're welcome. Yeah. Little sorry. pro tips. That so. was off topic. They were like, get the UFC. You are Then we ended up having Ben. Big Ben Rothwell get in over Stefan Struve. Not only did he have two dick kicks in there, which that diamond cup didn't work, according to Stefan Struve. You thought he was having a baby in there at times. He took all five minutes. Finally, that deducted a point. That lit a fire under Rothwell's ass, and he got the finish. Big Dan Mercoliata taking a lot of heat here for telling Struve, hey, you got a minute and a half. You're winning two You're rounds. You're winning the fight. You're winning the fight. Come on. Good on you, Dan Mergliotta, for trying for to keep fight the fight fans. alive. Yeah, for, for me, who kicked Ben Rothwell in the fight pick championship. 100%. Thank you, Dan <laughs> But would it have been a disqualification or no contest? Would it have been another big fat zero points? Oh, yeah, it might have been it would another have been. draw. And all we yeah. got was five out of it. Agreed, because we, we both had decision, yeah. <laughs> which wasn't going to happen after that point deduction. Yeah. So, really, uh... Stefan Struve, who's already retired, I would think that these were I feel the same retirement way about papers. These guys as with uh, means and Alves, yeah. both of them can yeah, be pretty much out of here. Say that we haven't said about Ben and fucking Struve. Before. True, he's saying he's sticking around though. So let's talk about this little cunt. About oh, this I little, cunt. I thought you were gonna say <laughs> Cavilio. Cavilio. <laughs> <laughs> she ended up coming four pounds overweight. I don't mean that, Cynthia. But that is shitty. Four and a half pounds or something. Four and a half, almost five, whether you count the pound allowance or not. But then against Marina Rodriguez, who took a little bit of a disrespect on the face-off. She was patting her belly, definitely playing into it a little bit. Cavillo, but missing by so much, usually makes me lean into those fighters a lot more. But I was just confident in the striking of Rodriguez. And in those first two rounds, she really proved it. That third round... Arguably was a 10-8 round. I thought it was a 10-9 round, Cavilio, Not a 10-8. And that would have given Rodriguez a decision. So I'm kind of surprised that that was... This was also a draw. Definite advantage for the four pounds. I feel like fight pick championship giveth. Fight pick championship taken away. I thought it was a Rodriguez decision. I felt pretty confident 29-28 that it, she won the fight. She won the first two rounds. This is the system that we're in. Yep. Uh, and... I felt like I missed a hot 25. So the two draws I felt like were a wash for me. Great point. But in the overall fight pick championship, it probably did affect us somewhere. But Hell I yeah. probably uh, the World Winning Federation probably had both of them right either way. <laughs> <laughs> so then we had the main event. What everybody saw, what was on everyone's highlight, it made ESPN highlights for sure. The absolute destruction of Alistair Overing's face. We saw him turn into the Kraken for a bit. We saw him be one of those <laughs> Zoidberg characters. I mean, that punch in the fifth round. I honestly thought that first round, Alistair Overing with the takedown for sure. Rosenstruck eked out the second. Alistair Overing had the third. And I thought the fourth went to Rosenstruck. I was surprised that all four judges had 
Um, Ovary. Ovary. All three judges had Ovary. I had it going into the five, the five mattering. Yeah. I had it all All mattering as well. So I was surprised by... So it's all that second round because most judges gave it to uh, Rosenstruck in the fourth. A lot of people said it was four seconds left. The only shot he could have done. Some people are saying they should have let him keep fighting. No way. Right? If it's a cut... That you cut, stop for the cut. Hundred percent. There is not a ref alive that would allow them to keep fighting with that. Whether cut. it's a knockout or not, right? So people that are arguing to let him stand and up and keep it going. It was a knockout. It took Overeem a little bit to it, come all the way around afterwards. People have been calling. Well, move forward like you're gonna punch him again and make the ref step in because the ref half stepped in and then half did it and then it's like saw the damage and was like this fights off. Yeah, of there's course a reason off. that there is a time limit, and it's not because well, we'll just let it go. The force It's like no, there's the time you can be win any amount of time inside that time, any time. It doesn't mean oh well, it's close enough to the end. There was only 15 seconds. The ref could have let him hold him in a sleeper hold for another 15 seconds and let the other guy win the fight. You know, like that's the same way to look at it. Right. Like, I don't know. So, but I had a Rosenstruck, and that knockout gave me a cool fifteen. Driving in like James Dean with my cool fifteen. <laughs> definitely having that TKO round number one prop didn't come through. It ended up finishing in the fifth, which would have been ridiculous oh amount my of props gosh, money. Probably crazy props money in the fin in the fifth to finish. But it was definitely a fun ton of finishes throughout the night. Absolutely. Uh, Marquee, not only for that, for two draws in one night. I feel like we've had more draws this year than I can remember, so. Way more of an exciting fight card than anyone was giving it, thought that it would be. I agree. It was like, finish, 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 finish. So. Tons, tons of highlight finishes. draws up for the UFC 245 breakdown. <laughs> so, we don't want to do any more Twitterverse. There was Liz Carmouche getting released while she was doing promos in D.C., and her ex the excuse of the UFC was she beat too many people, and she doesn't and she doesn't really have a. Good I have game to plan. stick up for the UFC a little bit here, and I might be the only one. People think it's shitty. Like this is just proof. I even read a Yahoo article that was like written by a bunch of Yahoos. It was like this is just proof of how bad the UFC treats their fighters. But. Did you know that the UFC didn't ask her to go on this trip? That she called them and asked to go and paid for herself? I was not aware of that. Exactly. Hmm. She put 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 herself there. Like, they didn't invite her and they were like, okay, if you want to go, you can go. It, and it just happened to be piss poor timing. Could they have waited till the next week to tell her? Yeah. But, I mean... <sighs> It's not a heavy division. She could definitely still win fights in the 125 or 135, but. She was in I the first care. fight ever for WMMA. She is officially got to be on that Mount Rushmore. <clears throat> Even though she was on the losing end, she was a part of the first ladies fight ever I in the put promotion. I not my Mount Rushmore at all. Oh, really? I, I think like a legend. Fighters. She's not a Hall of Famer to you in the UFC? I mean, just because the division's so. New? Like, it's puddle deep. You know? <laughs> True, but uh, she was in the first fight. If you put her up there because she's in a picture of the first fight, I don't know what Liz Carmouche <laughs> yeah, ever. Yeah, I don't know what she ever. I don't. It's I mean, doing this she's all right to me, but I mean, I, I first I'm gay like, MMA fighter, openly gay MMA fighter, <laughs> as yeah, well. I don't care about that either. 
Every, she was a Marine. <laughs> yeah, that's good for her. That's why I think, like, um, she wanted to go to D.C. was probably to be involved in that whole thing of being there because of her service. So that sucks. I think it's piss poor timing. But I, did, I just found that out and was like, oh, well, that changes my whole opinion on it. I was like, that's so shitty, UFC. But anyway, does it change your opinion at all or you still think totally shitty? I still think totally shitty and there's just been a track record that... What would be a fight you'd be excited to watch Liz Carmouchin? <laughs> Did she fight Aspen Lab? She too like... <laughs> no, they're 125. Yeah, right. I'd say that'd be actually a great one, but... Because she well, just went down saying, to 125 her last fight, I think. I think so as well. Um... The gorilla, though, being definitely ultra strong in there and great grappling, that's what the UFC said, saying that, you know, she just kind of beats their up-and-comers, so they're looking for people that, you know, get more finishes in there. Weird dynamic that's accumulating. We have interesting stuff with uh, even Colby. The interviews that have been coming out, I know I'm jumping the gun here, but he was just saying he was about to get cut and giving kind of him being put in this corner that Carmouche was, of being like, they were going to cut me on a win or loss. They told me, you're done, dude. And then he was like, F you, Brazil. And they're like, ah, dang it, this guy just got a following. So Liz Carmouche didn't get that. She didn't get a following. She has no one... Yeah. Asking to watch her fight, I guess, is if your If you had told me there's only room for one fighter, Liz Carmouche or Leslie Smith, I'm picking Leslie Smith every time. Oh, great point. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. So are we going to, do we have anything else to talk about or are we going to get nasty? I think we need I to get a little bit. I don't mean like that. Bit. For any audio listeners. <laughs> we ain't going to get that Amanda Nunes, Zena Asnoff nasty. <laughs> yeah, no. Scissoring. <laughs> It's called jiu-jitsu. It's called jiu-jitsu. <laughs> That's any Bravo shit. So, we are here for the UFC 245 pay-per-view in Vegas. You're going to have to shell out 70 bones to get it in HD. Go through that ESPN+. Plus. It's going to be a 13-card bout. It is hype. This is, I mean, an end-of-the-year closeout show. One to remember, the cards are stacked. This isn't the year closeout. There's another There's one more on the 21st, I think. In my head, this is the year's head. <laughs> this is gonna, the last pay-per-view. You're not going to watch the next one? <laughs> well, <laughs> I might take a dabble in it. I might maybe one or two bouts. But this is the last pay-per-view of the year. True, so. truth, truth there. Truth there, truth there. Last time we got to pay for one. It's UFC Fight Night Busain, Chen Sung Zhang versus Frankie Edgar. Oh, definitely more excited for this one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, true. Never mind. Also valid. Also valid point. You're welcome out there. <laughs> Let me universe. So, in this 13-car bout, it's going to be headlined by Kamara Usman, Colby Covington. We've been talking about it for months. There's three belts on the line. As or, uh, Noons, GDR, and Volkanovski. First Max Holloway, but you know how we always do. We start from the bottom to the top, and it ain't gonna change. Here we have a debuting fighter, Pileli Siriano, coming in against Oscar Pichota. Pichota's already had two fights in the UFC, losing both of those bouts. He's 11 and 2, losing to Renolfo Vieira and Gerald Mearshart, both of these being submissions. He actually has three fights in there, beating Tim Williams as well. Um 
Pajota's a black belt. I believe he's a Danaher black belt. I could be getting my coaches mixed up, but I know that I definitely watched what some fun tape. And what? Jiu-Jitsu, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Pichota is? Pichota is. He, he's getting submitted by Mearshart. But Mearshart hurt him with punches. It's just Pichota's striking is really limited. But he was the champ over in Cage Warriors. And in his earlier fights, even though he's only 29, he just... I, he took damage in other fights where now it's UFC caliber. But I don't know if this debuting fighter in Siriano is UFC caliber. He's a perfect 6-0. and oh. He's a young man at 27 years old coming out of Hawaii. Max Holloway having some good interactions with him. But he won his contender series fight in a decision. And this is a year where they were... There was a lot of other guys that they were not taking on for decisions. And... Siriano didn't do anything in that fight. He gassed out in the middle of the second round and was dead. That third round, he didn't want to get off his stool. I went back and watched it and was like, there's a contender series guy. Um, Siriano throws heavy shots, tons of power to the body and head. But with those shots, with that confidence, the gas tank just has proven to be limited. Watched a lot of his high school wrestling tapes, interestingly enough for huh. Siriano. Good wrestler. Doesn't have ton, has some submissions, but uh, they're not high level. I don't think he's going to submit Pachota. I think it's more probably a TKO for Siriano if he gets a finish. But I think Pachota can actually drag this into the second and third round. And I think he can actually pull off a submission here. Give me the underdog slightly to start off the night in Pachota. I got submission round number two. Who do you have in this fight and why? I'm at a big fat stay away from this. I am not going anywhere near this. It could be either really boring. I'm actually, I think it's a setup fight for another Hawaiian fighter. I'm going to go Siriano, um, submission round number two. I don't, I just, Pachota, I'm kind of fading out. If you tell me he's a black belt in jujitsu, it makes me want to fade him even more because I think his ground game's trash. So his stand up game's eh. And uh, yeah, I think. Uh, Pachota's his high water mark, but I also don't want to invest so much in Sarah. I don't know anything about this guy. I don't like the newbies to the UFC. You know how I am. So stay away, even though I have submission round two. So the other commonality between Max Holloway and Siriano is that Ali Abdelas Lees. Ah. Hence a decision and getting in still for that contender series fight. So there was definitely some contractual stuff going on in there. On DraftKings, you're going to end up paying for the slight minus 125 favorite, Pulele Siriano at 8,200 against Oscar Pachota's 8,000 even. You're saying stay away from it completely. We both have finishes here for 8,000. I think this is a volatile matchup where I'm going to get 10 and 10% on these guys. We usually stay away from them, but... I see a finish one way or the I other. I think there's so much better money to be spent tonight on different fighters that are worth more points. Are you going to play more cards? Because you were saying that last week. I, I definitely so. am. I mean, for me, I might play like eight cards. Okay. Yeah, I usually go like four on a bad night and then sometimes ten. But I'll do instead of like a, a more expensive card, I might break it up into three lesser cards. But this one's also going to have the televised. Correct. And it probably will have the Rambo pick. I would love if it I had the Rambo so. pick. I hope they try that again. I haven't seen it yet, but this is where they are putting the most money out on drafting. So if you aren't subscribed, get on that. Get on there. We'll be putting out picks to help go along through our DraftKings. Anything left with either one of those gentlemen? 
Moving on to the yeah. dirtiest fight of the night, in my eyes. I mean, Jessica I at flyweight against Viana Arigio. Arigio coming in with an 8-1 record, debuting against Botello, getting a big upset on short notice, then also beating Alexis you know what? Davis. I actually think this is testament to how good this fight card is, that this is the second fight of the night. Jessica, I just fought for the belt and is all the way at the bottom of the card. It should say how good the fight card is. Like, this is the second fight. It's because everything else really does get better from here. But even Arejo is pretty awesome. So, She's a tough lady. Yeah, so I, I just, even the Pachota fight, even the other guy doesn't have a name yet in the UFC, but Pachota alone to be the first fight of the night, yeah. that means this card is legit. Too legit to quit. Too legit. Oh, sorry. Go back to Super dirty. stacked. I, I, I was scared to get pink eye. The dirty evil eye. I bet you this is a worldwide whining federation's number one fighter. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if his um, eye is named Jessica. <laughs> what are you looking at Jessica for? <laughs> so, <laughs> Look me in my Jessica. <laughs> So, Jessica, <laughs> Evil Eye, coming in with a 14-7 and 7 record. We all saw her last defeat. It was Iron too Man. <laughs> I am Iron Man. Dun, 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 dun. Sorry. So, Jessica, I getting finished with that head kick. We all saw it. It's going to be on a highlight reel. I mean, knockout of the year contender, the way she went limp. It was about, what, five months ago since then? Six months ago? We usually want eight because she was out. She didn't remember where she was. She was just like, what happened when she woke up like two minutes later? And uh, definitely training with Stipe Miocic. All of those uh, documentary about that athletic program she's training with. But Evil Eye comes in with wrestling, solid striking. Little bit of power on her hands. But she doesn't really wow you anywhere. She just kind of wins decisions more than anything. I think striking-wise, Ruggio has much better combinations, better entries. Wrestling-wise... I does have an advantage with the takedowns, uh, but I feel like Arujo can not only get back up, she can actually start to stuff takedowns, and once she keeps it standing, she just kind of runs away with this fight. I don't know if I necessarily see a finish here. I think people are going to be quick to jump on that because uh, of the last finish from Shevchenko, but that this is two vastly different fighters. Rajo ain't Shevchenko, you guys. Exactly. Big difference. So she give me Arujo. somebody out. Patello, who shouldn't be in the UFC yeah. either. So... Give me a Rougeau decision. I might move it up to a finish a little bit later on, but I'll stay steady with the decision for the sided favorite. Who do you have in this fight? I actually, this is going to be surprising, but in the last fight that Arojo was in, I thought Alexis Davis looked so good in the first two rounds of that fight. She kind of went out, and I, I was surprised. I thought it should have been closer of a fight on the scorecards. Um, that being said, uh, I think... Jessica I is better than Alexis Davis a little bit, and I do think that ground game and forward pressure of Jessica I, I think she's just going to try to get it to the ground every single round, and if she can even do that twice, I think she can keep that to dominant top pressure to um, maybe not land as many strikes. She doesn't have a crazy, uh, you know, uh, 
she's she's not gonna posture up and lay a bunch of ground and pound on somebody she usually grinds them to a finish i think she's still hungry and she kind of looked better than she ever has it sucks she got laid out by shevchenko but everybody knew she wasn't ready for that fight she should have never taken that fight that wasn't her shit she should have just stayed in the back and kept getting wins under because jessica i has a decent enough name in the ufc so i'm actually gonna go i decision here um and it's not anything against orejo this will just be uh, my question on how good her ground game is. I think she's been against a bunch of strikers, and Jessica, I ain't that. So give me some of that pink. Getting it on DraftKings, the minus 175 favorite Arujo is 8,600 against Evil Eyes, 7,600 plus 145 underdog for Cheney. Coming in with a big underdog. I started it off Ooh. with Pachota. You're getting it going, keeping it going with I. We're splitting it up. This is going to be a fun fight night. Yeah. Oh, this is going to be I a fun really fight. And I really like her. This will be a If she makes it through I's ground game, it's like, oh, you ready for the top five, girl? Definitely going to be an interesting bout. Do you think you're going to play it on DraftKings for 7-6 on Jessica I? I might put her on one. Uh, at 8 7 at 8,600 for Arujo. I don't see her getting walked through. I don't see her getting finished. Well, Arujo, she isn't getting taken down. So her only thing is getting picked apart on the feet. And that would be because Jessica, I can't get a takedown, which I just don't see happening. So You see the takedowns coming. Arujo averages in her two fights 91 points. That's nice. So That's a lot of, a lot of hands. Yeah, for 8,600, I'm going to be in that 20% Arujo. Wow. No eye anywhere. Uh just give me the Visine. That's all I got to say about <laughs> that one. At 125 pounds, we're moving on to flyweight where we have Brandon Moreno coming in against Kai Kara France, the first leg of the city kickboxing team. You know, Adesanya just had a belt wrapped around his waist and his teammate's going to have a chance at that later on. But first, Kai Kara France, we're, he's in one of these spots that we like to go all one team or not all one team. And... This is going to set the tone potentially for the way it goes on. But if you've been watching those embedded, you get to watch a little bit of how Kai's feeling in there because he is attached to that main event. So France comes in with a 20-7 and record. As of late, he beat Mike De La Rosa in a decision. Prior to that, he beat Pava in a split decision that he lost. Only because Kai Car France was in his hometown did he win that. But we saw when France can't get those takedowns, which he does have a good double leg takedown and outside stepping takedown. He struggles striking. He does have some good striking, but as far as all these city kickboxing strikers, Kai Car France is probably the most limited. He has the least amount of angles, really gets hit a lot more, but does most of his work on the ground. He gets on top and stays on top. Throws some submission attempts in there. A lot of ground and pound. Um, but gets in really close fights, does France, compared to some of his uh, predecessors here. Brandon Moreno's had a really interesting climb in the UFC at 15-5-1. He's coming off of a draw to Askarov in a split decision draw two months ago. Prior to that, he won in the LFA, but he was released from the UFC only after losing to Alejandro Pantoja and Sergio Pettis. But he finished people like Dustin Ortiz. He's had other high-level finishes in there. Moreno looked like an all-star. He has a big fan base coming out of Mexico. It was really weird that the UFC cut him, only to bring him back in a interesting, stylistic matchup. Moreno gets taken down far too easily. 
in his fights. I really think the UFC was going to drain the 125 completely, and he uh, was in that cut when Mighty Mouse left yep. and went over to one. And I think ESPN, for some reason, um, maybe with Henry Cejudo's help, saved the 125. I agree. And then you bring Moreno back, because he was an exciting 125-er. That's exactly it. He's somebody that, even though he gets taken down a lot, he throws up tons of triangles, tons of elbows off of his back. Super dangerous. He'll throw up those heels and stuff. But the thing is that if he doesn't get that submission, all of a sudden he keeps giving up three, four takedowns in a fight, and he loses on points. He has a so, little quit and a soft body. Right, 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 right. France, I'm not worried about the striking so much, but Moreno has the more flash, but he's also out of position out of both fighters a lot more. I actually think that Moreno uh, can reverse some of these positions, and I feel like he can eke out a 29-28 type of a decision. I got a dirty split here. I think it could go either way, but I like the, sli the slight underdog. Give me Brandon Moreno in a decision. I think he scrambles his way to top position more often than not. Who do you have? And why? I like that. Uh, I'm actually just going to go with Cara France uh, decision because I respect Brandon Moreno. I think it's going to be gross. I think it's going to be a dirty split. I think it'll be a 29-28 maybe win for Cara France. Mm -hmm. But I think he's kind of been overshadowed in his last fights. He had, other, I mean, his gym had so many other big fights going on. Um main event type fights that I think he could have gotten lost in the shuffle a little bit. Now I think all the head guys at his gym have are like all eyes on Kaikara France and um homeboy uh Who Hooker? Volkanovsky. And uh, moving right. forward. Oh, like right, they right, can right. all pay attention. You know, they got the guys they got uh Israel Adesanya paying attention. They got uh, everybody like all hands on deck for them. Where yep. it doesn't seem like they would have gotten that attention two months ago, three months ago, four months ago when their other guys were in the headlines. So I I, th I just think his young download ability. Um, I actually liked his hands more than his takedowns, uh, and I think it'll be a piece apart just by how many points he lays. I also think he'll have decent enough takedown defense against Brandon Moreno that after, I think Brandon Moreno will get the first view. I think Brandon Moreno could win the first round just by control. But I think Kaikara France gets it back. Give me Kai. Decision. On DraftKings, the minus 150 favorite, Kaikara France, 8,500 on DraftKings against Brandon Moreno, 7,700 plus 120 as it stands right now. I'm going to be playing Brandon Moreno and no Kaikara France. Uh, I'm going to play five. both guys. Nice. Obviously not on the same card. Not a stack. Yeah, but, definitely so. not a stack. And I could feel totally different. This is definitely one of those fights come weigh-ins um, that I could switch, could see myself going the other way. But right now I like what I was seeing by Kaikara France. Ooh, and I'm I, always heavy Brandon Moreno. I don't know when I, I kind of Picked against look. him. Yeah, I think you have been one of the bigger fans of Moreno for a long time, picking him against a lot of solid opponents in there. It's definitely uh, stylistically a very close fight, so really intriguing as to what goes down in there. Ooh, I'm two and four. I never. I used to be with him all the time, and then I stayed with him, and he uh, did not do great. Oh, and this is Moreno's picking. Yeah, like I always went with Moreno and it did not pay off. <laughs> so maybe I'm just a little bitter. Maybe. Interesting, interesting. So 8-5, definitely going to be a little steep for me in a, such a close fight. But then we move on to 145 pounds where we have the debuting Chase Hooper contender series hopeful coming in against Tay Daniel 
Tayless Taymura, as we like to go around here. He is definitely the lesser Taymor, as some say. <laughs> is so. this rude if I make the card and keep his name Tayless? <laughs> is it rude? A little bit. Some people can definitely not take a like to that. But hey, what are you what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Get us some heat. <laughs> Maybe one of his Give me that Kobe Covington. I don't heat. even I can't even imagine how many Twitter followers he has. <laughs> so, um, Daniel Tabor. It is rude. I'll just do it on the show. I'll change it. Really <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. No, but I'll, as Ricky would say, I'll say it with my chest and I'll leave it Tayless. <laughs> it is Tayless in there. Seven and three, losing three in a row, keeping his job in there. Interesting enough, got a fourth shot and actually beat. The debuting Ben Joe, which here we told you was going to probably happen because that Joe guy was absolute garbage. Taymor keeps it striking. He's still a realtor, his daytime job, a banker. Uh, he fights on the side. His um, takedown defense hasn't been the best. Striking-wise, he's limited. He has some good combinations, but his fight IQ can get a little bit overwhelmed at times. On the ground, he just seems like he doesn't know where he's at at times, and that's where he's been submitted the most is on the ground, and I feel like the UFC's kind of trying to set that up. Chase Hooper, being 20 years old, tried out for the Contender Series at 18 years old, was on one of the grossest fights I've ever seen in my life. It looked like WMMA in there. I mean, it was two guys rolling around on the ground, locking up half submissions and just giving up position. Hooper regularly does not shoot for takedowns where he jumps for guard. He or he'll jump for that guillotine because he's usually a lot taller at 6'1", at 145 pounds. He reaches and will give up that position. Against Taymor, even off of his back at 6'1", Hooper's going to be a problem if he gets him down and gives up the takedown. It's whether Taymor just backs up and keeps striking. And if he does, Taymor can win this fight just like that Joe fight. It's in the exact same. If it goes to the ground, Hooper's going to win this via submission. But if it stays standing, standing Taymor's going to be able to pick him apart. This is a dirty, dirty split. This is bottom of the barrel UFC kind of opponents to me. And that's what makes it so much closer. I actually think I'm going to go with Taymor here as a slight underdog. But it's a coin flip at minus money for both fighters right now. Give me Tayless as a decision. That's two times in a row I'm picking him. Let's see wow. what happens. Uh, I can't pick to Tayless again. And I also just think this is a complete setup. Let's take our youngest fighter. Let's give him the guy that's most likely to be submitted. I think they would have called CM Punk out of retirement if they could to set up Chase Hooper on his go-ahead. I think the kid is a star in the making. He's super long, so they also gave him a super short guy that he can It's that much Jump on that guillotine. to grab it. So I have Hooper submission round two just out of respect for Daniel, but I kind of want, I'm going to move it up to one because as you can tell by my Tayless graphic, I have no respect. <laughs> <laughs> no respect. That's so shitty. No respect. Anyway, Chase Hooper submission round one. I'm not going to go super heavy on him at all. I probably won't have him on one card. I, I wonder how much he is. On DraftKings, the minus 120 favorite Chase Hooper debuter is... 8,300 against... I might have him on one or two. I thought he was going to be in the nine. Tay Moore's... Tay Less's... 7,900. I think that Hooper is live for a knockout because of the lack of his head movement and how quickly he always wants to get his fights to the ground. I think you're spot on with um, Hooper can get that submission round number one because as you're saying with that shortness, 
it's tailor-made for Hooper to jump on that guillotine and be like, oh, I have an extra inches that you've never felt. So I think I'm going to split it up and go 10 and 10% on both guys because they're right in the middle. I think both of them are live for the finish. I actually had Taymor decision. I think you're swaying. I think I'm going to go... Hooper's I like submission. everything you say yeah. too. It's obviously the experience there. He's right? going against, but the caliber of guys that Tay Less is going against are contender caliber caliber guys. At le- like he's not going against yeah, anyone. Fish great. Gold yeah, fish golden stuff, and he's getting submitted. So I'm jumping back to Hooper submission round number two, eight thousand three hundred. I'm still <laughs> gonna go ten and ten on these guys because they're right in the middle. Uh, so I think they can I score like out a lot. I don't know if I want either of these guys ruining my night. <laughs> <laughs> then we end up moving to 170 pounds where we have Matt Brown coming in against Ben Killaby Saunders. Saunders coming off of a three fight losing streak, only getting one win out of his last five, being 22 and 12. I've been making a lot of money on Saunders, betting against him, unfortunately. He just can't take punches. We've said it time and time again. He has that tall man's defense, leaves his chin right up in the air. If Killaby gets you to the ground, he will go-go plot of you. He will submit you. He'll rubber guard you. On the ground, he's next level with his submission, especially with his length at 6'3". He tends to give... Go- it's not only 6'3", he's a long 6'3". He's really gangly with those legs and arms, so he locks up stuff that yeah, a lot of other people can't... build. Super, like, he, his, he's wide-shouldered, so I think it even yep. gives him that extra, and he almost looks double-jointed in there. He's definitely like the Woodson of the 170-pounders with all that range. But he doesn't use it with his jab. Well, he'll throw a good jab out there, and he'll eat a big overhand right with him just because he's almost in that Stefan Struff range with some of his strike defense. But it's it's not even that. It's just that when he gets hit even with not all the most powerful shots, he goes down hard, and he goes stiff. Seeing him be completely lights out for minutes at a time live in person where i'm like ben saunders it's time buddy please for your own good just go teach jujitsu classes and against matt brown he's one of these guys who specifically calls out fighters that he knows he can beat diego sanchez at 155 being one of those and matt brown's one of these guys who's like looking to take fighters i just the call outs he has are guys with chin issues every single one of them this is another one matt brown is a big favorite for a reason. He's 38 years old coming in against the 36-year-old Saunders. It's not necessarily that Matt Brown's a better fighter. It's just fading Ben Saunders completely here for me. And I got to fade him big as well. I think he's super, Matt Brown's super live for the TKO round number one. And it's a complete fade. It's I can't go into the fight skills because the chin's not involved here. If it gets to the ground, hell yeah, Ben Saunders is live for a submission. I just think that even if he gets inside control, Matt Brown's going to hit him with some elbows, and that's going to be pretty much it. What about the two years off? You think good for Matt Brown? He doesn't seem like a guy to get nervous under the lights. I think he had to. I think he tore a knee or a shoulder. Oh, he had a surgery, is why, because he had a bout fizzle out. I think the prop bet to make is knockout round one, period. I think the it doesn't or inside I, the distance. Yeah, I don't think it goes past the first round. I think yeah. somebody gets a quick knockout here. I actually like all the time that Matt Brown's taken off. Uh, but I like the activity of Ben Saunders. I think he's a more dangerous guy because people are so worried about the takedown that he can knock someone out. So I I just 
could see Ben Saunders finishing Matt Brown, but the two years off, I kind of love for Matt. Uh, I think he's going to be strong, tight, clinch, inside knees, inside elbows, something nasty, That's... grimy. I, I like the round one finish as well. Um, I just think he's going to be expensive, so unfortunately. He is the second highest priced fighter on DraftKings, one of the biggest favorites of the night, minus 360. Matt Brown's 9,300 on DraftKings against Ben Saunders, 6,900. One of the cheapest guys on the slate. Is it worth it to put Saunders on a couple just to hedge? Well, I like to say that in general, but... If you're going to have a hedge bet card, I don't think it's bad. Because he has a submission ability yeah, in any fight. Matt any Brown, fight. he's at team elevation, so we're like, oh, good, we're going to like his cardio, but who else is there? Has he been with Alistair Overeem? Curtis Blades. I like Archuleta, that. Archuleta, TJ Dillashaw. There was... There's TJ definitely is not there anymore. Is he not? Because he's just at his camp out in California. Okay. They come to him at his camp. Okay, okay. He just works with Dwayne. I know Blades is up there for sure. And awesome people rotate through. Definitely. So here. Gosh, it's weird to have three. a KO around one and not want to put it anywhere. I know it's hesitant, but I feel like that that's pretty locked in. I feel like I'm really comfortable with that. And even though it's such a high price, I'm like feel fairly safe with Matt Brown in that spot. Fun. I'm excited to see Matt Brown. I know it's usually with these older guys. I, I mean, I want him to retire, I think, just at his age, but he always puts on a good show in there. If he specifically calls out these type of fighters, yeah, he's going to have an advantage. So I think this is a great call out for him. Ben Saunders, please don't get hurt. <laughs> please don't get hurt in there. So that's all that's left with that one. Moving on to... Ian Heinish coming in against Amari Akhmedov. Akhmedov being 19-4. Coming off of a five-fight winning streak, having a draw in there against Vittori. Prior to that, he beat Al-Hassan in a split decision. Two fights in a row beating Tim Boshe and Zach Cummings. Both of those guys are in the tenure of their careers. The 32-year-old Akhmedov is lying. He is absolutely lying. You think he's 12? Yeah. <laughs> the motherfucker's 48. He looks so old. He looked like he came in at 35 a few years ago, let alone like he's 32 years old now. Just stiff. He likes to stand and bang, throws haymakers from the hip, uses his wrestling in reverse to keep it striking on the ground more than serviceable. Akhmedov's always had a serviceable gas tank. Uh, doesn't really wow you. He's just one of these daggy fighters that's super serviceable everywhere, but doesn't really have a title contention. I feel like when he gets into these top echelons of guys, he will give them problems, but he can get squeaked out of there he has lost a couple bouts via knockout and decisions in there but um interesting bout that he has here with heinish he has his hands full going back and watching heinish's fights even though we've made a lot of money here with the underdog telling you to pick him in a lot of other bouts he finally was defeated in the ufc by Derek brunson in about where brunson went back to his wrestling and just really proved that uh, Heinish has deficiencies in his takedown defense, which so did Ferreira and did uh, was the other opponent, Carlos Jr. They both took him down four and five times in the strike statistics. It was just the fact that Heinish was landing 20 or four more strikes and maybe getting a rock, rocking the opponents where he'd win those, squeak out those decisions. So Heinish 
has been in really dicey fights, and it's because he gives up so much position. It's just the volume. He just he doesn't throw that one hard knockout uh, Rosenstruck type of strike. He patterns you, kills you by a thousand cuts. And I feel like here against the Akhmedov, he's gonna give up those takedowns, and Akhmedov isn't gonna let him up. It's just stylistically, this is a nightmare. I think for Heinish Akhmedov doesn't get overwhelmed by volume guys i feel like he's seen that before and he just knows what to do he turned and dumps and actually has a good double leg takedown so i think it goes decision i wanted heinish initially i have him and i'm actually surprised he's a favorite right now i had heinish decision because of the amount of ground guys that heinish has probably gone against Beaten, but when i went and looked at the stats they should have won via the stats it's the crowd and or just what the momentum looks like because the Heinish does wilt guys but stats aren't everything everything and it runs not even close to tell all the story because one guy could just control like a one round and sure. the other guy take over for the rest of sure them. so they can be deceiving for sure but i had Heinish initially heavy we tend to lean so heavy giving takedowns more credit than judges ever do which we saw over the weekend yeah. i feel like this last weekend in dc but give me Akhmedov. this close I get switched by the weeks out. I'm switching live on air right now. Give me Akhmedov decision. Who do you have? I'm going Heinitz decision, and this is just purely to the caliber of Akhmedov fighters that he's gone against of recently. It's like the doughiest Zach Cummings that you've ever seen True. in your life. Tim Bosch, uh, where I think it was Tim Bosch's first fight back that we were like, oh, Tim Bosch is fighting still? Like, <laughs> um, And the Marvin Vittori uh draw I, I think that's probably his best fight is Marvin Vittori and I kind of put Heinich a little above Marvin I think he's still working still progressing getting better and better every fight I think this is going to be a nasty 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 fight I think it's kind of going to be a boring Super fight close. very sweaty uh one for the hardcores for sure I think there are going to be transitions but purely because of the way Derek Brunson handled Heinich I think Derek Brunson has better wrestling than Akhmedov and because of the way he handled him I have to think that this is the number one thing Heinrich worked on for this fight, fighting that last guy. So give me Heinrich decision. I just think he's on trajectory up still in the UFC, and Akhmedov's a guy that's, um, you know, riding that dag, dagestan. Name more than yeah. anything. I so. think you might be right on that. I had Heinrich earlier that I switched. I could switch back. That's how close <laughs> this day is. Like exactly. <laughs> Heinrich minus 145. He's going to be the slight favorite. On DraftKings, 8,400 against Amari Akhmedov, 7,800 plus 115. I think I'm staying away from this bout, as I you're saying as well. High scoring, I agree. I, it's just going to be a wrestling match and uh, it, not the high scoring type of wrestling matches in there. So, big fat stay away on that one. Then we move on to 135 pounds where we have Caitlin Vieira coming in against Irene Aldana. Aldana having that hype. Robles in there, 11 and 5, coming off of a win against Vanessa Mello, losing to Pennington in a split decision, getting a submission over my girl, Betch Gohea, in an armbar. <laughs> <laughs> Beating Pudilova in there. Irene Aldana definitely profiles that Lobo camp, being a striker. Finally getting some takedown defense under her name. That submission came in the end of a round uh, against the bitch. So 
I wouldn't say she's necessarily a submission ace in there by any means whatsoever. She definitely likes the box. Uses her length better than most people does Aldana. Long jab on her. Good straight left on it coming up. She's a good southpaw. And even though switch her stance in there, it's just her ground game. Irene Aldana will beat some lesser ground ladies, but any, any black belt, any lady of caliber has been able to really stifle Aldana once she gets it down to the ground. It's whether it gets there or not. Vieira... Definitely much more accoladed. 10 and 0 perfectly, beating Katzengano, beating Ashley Evans, uh, having more of a head down, brawling type of strike until she gets that body lock. And then she'll go for an outside trip, inside trip. She has a black belt in judo and jujitsu and really likes to just push women up against the fence, put that head in the chest, and just spam really low percentage takedowns but she spams them so much that they eventually work because she's just tripping on the outside then she'll come in for the inside trip to the outside but she's not pulling women over herself which a lot of people do or pull people down she's just like oh okay finally and on the ground she has more than enough to be able to submit Aldana and just advance position so where's she been for the last two years year and a half see I didn't see whether it was an injury or not. I wasn't able to tell. I feel like there's a lot of ladies that don't want to fight her. She's hard to find bouts for. Um, just because she's not flashy. You don't see Vieira coming in there and having a striking bout and being fan friendly. She gets the body lock, drags you to the ground, and starts to work and throws rabid punches in there. And I think that that's a lot what's going to happen here. I could see a live submission uh, for Vieira. I don't think Aldana has a submission chance in here and striking wise, she's never been a knockout artist. She kills you by a thousand cuts yeah. and that's it. She does not finish you striking. So give me a decision for Caitlin Vieira in there. Who do you have in this bout? Gosh, I sure do like the activity of Aldana over Caitlin Vieira. I want to go with the crowd here and go with Vieira, but that inactivity, it just makes me so curious. Um, I hope she's back for a reason. I like her camp more. I like that her reach isn't that insignificantly different than Aldana because she can cut you by a thousand cuts and tries to keep you on the outside. So I like your, I'm, I'm really, I, I, I was feeling Aldana. I was kind of confused about the odds here. Um, but Ketlin, uh, maybe if she's just one of those people that's very selective, maybe heals from all of her injuries, gets the right training. She looked so hot when she was out before. I hope she comes out just as good. <sighs> this is to pacify the Brazilian crowd. <laughs> Give me Ketlin Vieira by, huh, is she going to knock her out? I'm going to go with the decision here. Interestingly enough, one thing we always like to talk about is stadium elevation. This is in Vegas. Mm -hmm. I feel like Vegas tends to be one of the better commissions just because they have such high profile bouts. Yeah. So the desert this time of year, I don't know if I'm bringing external elements in here. Uh, I feel like your Brazilian comment was just like, well, we're in Brazil. No, we're not. No, no, we're in Vegas. So the commission should really be Oh, no, on. I just, if you've ever been to a UFC fight, a quarter of them, 100% of the time, wherever you're at, are Brazilian. Like, I wasn't truth. alluding to that it was in Brazil at all. True, true. Uh, I was just having a mental fart there because it's a interesting bout on DraftKings, though. You're going to end up paying for the minus 170 favorite, Caitlin Vieira, 8,800 against Irene Aldana, 7,400. Fairly big underdog there. Huh. 
I may, I plus may, 140 I'll dog. I could see myself maybe using her as my low dog to get a more expensive fighter. I don't know if I see her getting finished. I don't know if I see the finish either. Both of these ladies, Aldana averages 71 points on DraftKings. Vieira, 76 points. You're definitely having to pay up a lot for Vieira here. I'm going to do 10% Vieira. I don't like Aldana in this spot. I think she's going to be stifled. Her volume is going to be stifled with that clench. So then we move on to the preliminary headliner of the night. This is one to get us ready for that pay-per-view. Oh, man. This is... Can be in the BMF type. Nah, maybe not the BMF. This is a brawler's delight. This is a striker's delight. It's this not is even one. Close to BMF. Not even close. I'm just trying to put extra belts in here. You know me. <laughs> so we have Mike Perry coming in against Jeffrey Neal. Jeff Neal. He at 170 here. Platinum Mike Perry's coming off of a dirty, dirty split where his face was rearranged completely that nose was broken if you look at the stats there perry should have won that fight as well it was that nose that you know by the nose did it turn the decision stats because i didn't feel like he won the fight when i was watching it like ah, yeah, yeah i agree I just i don't i think somebody can accumulate all their stats in one round or you know like the rounds can be different uh dominance ring control that all that stuff doesn't really show on some of the stats. So Perry likes the brawl in here. He likes to come in with some good boxing. Takedown defense has been all right. He shot a couple takedowns in there against Donald Cerrone. That didn't work out too well. But here against Neil, uh, Neil doesn't try to take it to the ground at all. He's 12-2. and two. He's been getting knockouts a ton as of late. Knocking out Nico Price. Knocking out Camacho in there. A knockout of the year potential. Submitting Camozzi in there. Uh, just highlight reels. For Jeff Neal in there. Takedown defense, as I was saying, has gotten a lot better, but it's just the power in that left hand. He pistons that hand out there. And even that. I thought you said he pissed himself. <laughs> <laughs> Some of his opponents do when those strikes yeah. come out. Neal throws hard kicks, fast switching left kicks in a frustrated Camacho. That knockout came because Camacho was getting picked apart absolutely everywhere and couldn't get the takedown. And. I think it would be who Mike Perry to try to get the takedown all the way around. I think Mike Perry has an advantage in the ground game and just stifling the striking just because Neil looks so good. Uh, if Perry goes in there and tries to go shot for shot with Neil, I think that their power is comparable. I just see the better traps and the better all around. Neil uses his legs and his uh, punches a lot more well-rounded than Mike Perry's kind of boxing. He'll throw a kick in there here every once in a while, maybe a leg kick, but he really just likes to box in there. So I think Neil just has a little more weapons as far as them striking. And Mike Perry does have a puncher's chance here. Neil does get hurt, but uh, I just like Neil. I think he's going to get a finish here. I think Perry gets hit. A little more than he should at times. And Neil hits too hard to get hit at all. So Nico Price does a lot of that same where he'll take a couple shots. And he found out very quickly you can't take Neil's dead shot. You can't take that hand straight on. That left hand just hurts you a little too much. And I think that's going to end up happening here. Give me a TKO round number two. Jeff Neal for the finish against Perry. Really interesting stylistic matchup that Perry chose to sign a dotted line. I would think he'd go against another fighter a little lesser here. Who do you have in this bout and why? 
19 per UFC rankings 19 verse 22 Geoff Neal is actually ahead of Mike Perry which is kind of weird because we value we all Mike Perry just talks himself a good game and uh I just think Geoff Neal with the Nico Price um and uh what's his head Balil Muhammad are you kidding me like going against both those guys who are Better hands, better grinders, both of them than Mike Perry. Yep. Uh, I just got to think this is more of the same for Neil. I did have a KO round three. I'm moving it up to round two. I could even see it round one because I think all this through here is cheeks and nose, the bridge of his nose. I think all that's going to get fucked by Jeff Neal in the first round. So the only reason we'll see a second round is the warrior uh, mentality yeah. of Mike Perry. And that's why we all love Mike Perry. So, Agreed. yeah, I just think this is going to be brutal. That's why he's at pro. Uh, headlining pr preliminary bout for the pay-per-view to get people to watch because of that warrior spirit, but it, I think, will come back to bite him in the ass. Neil being a decided favorite here, minus 265, 3-1 essentially, favorite, 9,100 on DraftKings against Perry, 7,100. I'm going to go 20-30% on Neil, 0% Mike Perry. I just think that... He, it's 9 out of 10, 8 out of 10 times does Neil win this fight for me. So, what do you think on DraftKings as far as those I feel pretty ranges? much the exact same way. I could even see Geoff Neal becoming my linchpin of the night. I could see him being one totally of the Totally agree with that. Life, even the price-wise. Right, so, right, right, know. right. Before uh, I'm going to break here for business, take care of the business, I'm going to... Talk some shit. Tell you guys. Guess what? Are you following at L-A-T-B underscore M-M-A? Well, you should be because if you do, you can find all find uh, all the information on the other cool guys that we do the Fight Pick Championship with and learn how to follow them, and that'll be fun. But you can also learn how to follow me at Weakneck Baby and at Emmanuel at Zoltanite. Uh, remember, you can also follow us on our Instagram and tell a friend. Make sure you're liking and subscribing. And now I'll pop in that commercial right about here. We're here for the b -b 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 breakdown UFC 245 pay-per-view, three belts on the line. It's starting off with the profile fight. We have a legendary type of fighter, Uriah Faber, coming in against Peter Yan out of retirement. Faber comes in and knocks out Ricky Simone with one punch, then ends up having a call out from No Mercy Yan. Jan willing to accept the fight with a perfect 13-1 record. So Jan called out Faber? I believe he did Ooh. after the win. And, and Faber's like, yeah, that seems about right. That'll get me right into title contention. And uh, the 26-year-old Jan is a 13-1. He is a Russian fighter fighting out of Muay Thai. Been watching some highlight highlights on this guy. He's been a top prospect for a reason. Beating John Dodson. Beating Rivera in a decision as of late, he's been on nothing but a win streak. He just, all the way around, fundamentally sound, a good striker, knocks down a lot of opponents, has a gas tank for days in there. Posted some training footage of Jan's, and he's knocking out his opponents. Did I show you oh. that? Or it's, it's a, it, uh -uh. not his uh, training partners. He landed in a left head kick, and his partner I went down harder. <laughs> I totally am. 
totally so, know. I'm just talking shit. Peter Yarn get, being nasty in there, and he's definitely someone that I wouldn't want to train with after seeing that. I'd be like, ah, I'm gonna not go to pro class. <laughs> like that ain't worth it. We're in, we're practicing. We're practice. So Peter Yarn, no mercy for a reason. He gets it done in there and in a high level gym over a Tiger Muay Thai. Train with Dillashaw. They'd be good training partners. They'd Somebody be done. Would get knocked out. Yeah, every, every yeah, the one career would be ruined if not both. So against Uriah Faber in here, the thirty-five and ten legend, we know what he has: overhand Steroids. right. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> I thought that's what he. I thought that's what he said in an interview: is that he left so he could do a cycle and then come back. I mean, oh, retire. Interesting. Oh, interesting. I'm making that up. That was evil Faber. <laughs> that was that Cody. Garbrandt, TJ Dillashaw talk? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, really interesting with Uriah Faber. I mean, we can't really take much from that last fight in his return from his retirement because it was essentially one punch. I'm going to fall out of my chair. You know what else starts right now? What else? The Fight Pick Championships. Oh, my goodness. So, it's got extra little bit now of oomph on it. That's why I was all willy-nilly like, oh, I pick Leslie Smith to win. Like, I didn't even care. I was willy-nilly. <laughs> now it's serious time. It all matters. Who are you aiming for this week? Besides the top, obviously, me and the winning federation. Let me uh, say, me and the winning federation. I put myself with him. He's beating me by, like, 175 <laughs> points. Definitely that number one stop. I'm coming for that strap. We got Intel International Fight Week to get our picks up. Been living large at the top. Out of all of the podcasts, Latby's been representing easily being top two and three for a long time. Standing and like, now. We're the top MMA podcast in the Fight Pick Championship. 100%. And if you wa- uh, watch the streams and WWE, we should start a Latby stream when we uh, fight each other. We've been saying we're that for years. Training. We training. We are training for the UFC. It'll be called UFC FL. We're training for it, and we'll put a stream on. Okay, let's get back to it. I know we're here for the main card. Uriah Faber being a huge underdog against Peter Yan. 9,400 is Peter Yan on DraftKings against Uriah Faber's 6,800 plus 135. Wait, everything matters! Who are you picking? I got Yan decision. A lot of people have him finishing Faber. I think Faber, all the way around, is more than serviceable to not get finished in there. I think it turns into a decision because Faber all of a sudden stops engaging and just kind of runs away. Turns into a boring decision. I need that hot 25 to start it out. That hot 25. That hot 25. That hot 25. That hot 25. <laughs> My tune's a little different. Um, it goes a little more like... Bing, 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 ding, 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 Supposedly some heathens do out there, but I'm not that's not even substantiated. But you're getting a ton of price. I mean, minus five hundred Peter Yan favorite, plus three fifty Faber. Yeah, if you like him, take that shot. I think you're jumping off of a ledge. And pa- question. Do we have to worry about that patented Uriah Faber game with Peter Yan? Does he leave himself open with that hot shot and early stoppage? <laughs> like everything's in the air when it's a Uriah Faber fight. He comes in with a lot of credibility. He gets a lot of crowd praise. His shots why mean a little bit more. Why am I a Faber hater now? That chin, that chin. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about the way his chin looks. 
But on DraftKings, 9-4, the most expensive fighter, Peter Yan. I'm going to have him in spots. It's not going to be ultra heavy because he's so expensive, but I think he can clear with all of the takedowns that Faber's just given up more and more later in his career. I just feel like Faber gets worn out after the first round with the pace we've seen Yon keep. Give me Yon on my cars. I love Yon. Then we move on to a bantamweight bout. Give me this fight two, three, four, five years ago. Marias would have been 12. It would, <laughs> it would have been the champ, Jose Aldo, against Marlon Marias in here. Krillin himself, 31 years old as Marlon Marias, fighting out of Jupiter, Florida, fighting over out of the armory. He's coming in with Usman. I feel like they train together, but striker, delight type of a bout we have underway. Jose Aldo being a longtime reigning champ, only losing to the high levels. Dare I say Conor McGregor, definitely Max Holloway. Uh, as of late, Volkanovski just decisioned him fairly one-sided. Aldo really couldn't get anything off, and he had a two-fight winning streak in there against Moicano and Jeremy Stevens. So Aldo not completely done, but he is moving down in weight. And there has been some mummy photos coming out of Jose Aldo. He, if... There was points of his career that everyone's like, I don't how, know how he makes 45. This guy needs to move up to 155 pounds. And he's like, they're too big, guys. They're too big. 35? I think he's, I don't know if he's going to make weight. We have to watch weigh-ins. This could be a Convilio situation in here. He looked, though, kind of small already, like over a week ago. He already looked down to what else is there to lose. He looked... He had that, like, Bruce Lee-type body fat you hear. He looked like legendary, like, every muscle you And then see. he still has five or six pounds of water weight to get off after looking lightweight. <laughs> so I, I hope he's okay because you never hear, like, you know what you should do as you're getting older as a fighter? Go down and wait. You never hear that. But especially after a career of having trouble making 45. He looked ripped AF. Aldo does have power AF. Um, he's gonna the things that about Aldo though that have made him so amazing is his speed and is he gonna lose that going down with these guys a little bit and also he with the exception of the two guys that you mentioned Aldo's not a chinny dude but being smaller all of a sudden the two things that you kind of are nervous about I it doesn't go for good totally agree one of the biggest advantages Aldo has is his speed and moving down and weight doesn't make you faster <laughs> <laughs> and Marlon Marais is known to be fast have more devastating kick combinations but Aldo very experienced kicker great body left shot where Marais is all torso look at that little little funky guy he's all torso. I think he's open to body shots as well. We saw what happened when Marias uh, gets stifled a bit. Henry Cejudo, which we both picked as an underdog, didn't wilt in that fire. Came through and Marias gassed. Marias gassed. Marias throws a lot into those shots, especially if he feels as that he has you hurt. So I feel like here, Aldo has that type of veteranship to go hard into about. It's the variable is that weight cut. I think he's giving up more power, which he had good power, and he's more compromisable. I don't think your chain gets better moving down in weight as much as your speed. So I think it's all this weight cut. I think it's a bad weight cut. I absolutely hate it. I want to pick Aldo. He is the better all-around fighter, not the better just striker. Marias has a slight advantage in the power, Ugh, I feel the exact same way. I, I got Marias in that round, MC. too. I picked a lot of my fights ahead of time, but I'm like, 
I everything in me wants to pick Aldo. Everything right? says Aldo should everything. win this fight, especially if Cejudo. But also, Aldo doesn't have the same ground game as Cejudo. Aldo for sure doesn't have the same age, youth on his side as Cejudo. So, but did yeah, I I just don't. It's the wake up for me. It's why I can't be confident in Jose Aldo and I can't pick him outright. He is an almost two to one underdog, minus 200 for Marais against the plus 160. I got Marais TKO round number two, but I'm fading the weight cut. And that's where, that's what has me. I have to see, I've watched embedded. I've been watching backside. I can find only a few pictures. I still haven't, so gotta see the I weight. I think Aldo has more power than Cejudo even right now, but he's not as fast as Cejudo. No way. So it's like, can he catch Marlon the same way? I do like the amount of time that uh, Marlon's taken off since his last fight. Ugh, I still don't know if I can pick this. But I do see a knockout either way. I definitely think this is an inside-the-distance fight knockout. Ooh. I'm going to have to pick Marlon Marais, too. I don't like that. I, you know what, though? But this is the number one thing I could change on. If I see a strong Aldo walk himself through the scales with his underwear on and fucking stand there and make yep. his muscles and walk off, I'm switching to Aldo. Uh, but I just can't even imagine. I bet this fight falls out. I, that's what I or think. He doesn't, or he doesn't even intend on making the cut, and he comes in at 140, and it's a catch. That's what I'm saying with Cavillio. Or it could be where it's like, like, no, like whatever. I'm not going to make it. Exactly. I'm still getting paid because of his championship fight lineage. He's still getting paid a lot more than most other people because so that plays a fact. I have KO round number three for Marlon Marais because I think the cardio is going to be a factor in the chin. But I could, if the other to be said, if Aldo comes out all wobbly, shaky, need, I'm moving up to round one. I'm moving it up to round because Marlon Marais has that kind of power. power. He has killer leg kicks. Yep. Um, Calf kick, I think, yeah, will be in so, play. Yeah, okay. Ooh, what a, That fight, though, gruesome. Great fight. Great, great fight. On DraftKings, you're going to end up paying 9000 for Marais. Jose Aldo comes in at 7200 I've actually been putting Aldo on cards because if it goes to decision, Aldo could squeak Oof. it out. But I have... I haven't been putting Marais on a ton. There's a lot of respect I'm giving to Aldo here. He doesn't look completely shot. It's, it's fucking way in. He doesn't look completely shot, but I've never seen him at 35 either. Ever. Ever. Yeah. And you in an early career, I've never seen him this. So it's just like, dude. So we'll see what ends up turning out. Anything left with those guys on DraftKings? What do you think you're going to do on 9000 with Marais? I think I'm going to play both a little bit. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I like Aldo if he can get some money involved and Marais usually is good uh for some kind of finish. So, ooh, very just gruesome great fight. I I kind of am excited. I know everyone hates it. I'm excited to see Aldo at 135 because if this goes well for him, I one of my little dream fights that I thought I'd never see is Aldo versus TJ Dillashaw. That is a super fight at 135. Oh, that's such a good fight. And I just think give Aldo enough time after this off He'll so take he it. can Yeah, I just think that's a beautiful fight. Oh, that's TJ's a great fight. return, but I think we might have another year for that or something. But anyway, yep. that's another combo. <laughs> Killer fight. Love it. Love it. Such a great pay-per-view bout. Then we move on to the championship bouts. We're going to have 3 of them. The one that starts it all off is Amanda Loons, the lion, Noons, the lioness, coming in against Jermaine Derendami. Two, they first did it in Abu Dhabi years and years ago in the UFC. Noons came out getting a first round stoppage via elbows, TKO, ground and pound. 
Darren Dami came back, won all of her fights after that, beating the likes of Pacheco, Holly Holm in there, ML Rose at Pennington in a decision. And as of late, getting her finish in, the first finish in a while, did she knock out Aspen Ladd after being compromised in that weight cut? So, Darren Dami, we know she's a... Dutch kickboxer was a police officer, retired essentially, stepped away from getting the 45-pound belt. Crafty veteran. She's knocked out guys in her life. She has a great left hand. She's southpaw, but will switch. Good leg kicks is incredibly long, as we're saying, like Saunders. She loses her length well as well. Keeps people at the end of her uh, punch. But if you look at some of the embeddeds, Nina Asneroff and Nunes are looking back at their first fight. And they're like, oh, look at that first kick that she took her down with that finished the fight, essentially. She's like, all Nunes did was practice for that kick the entire fight camp because they knew on the ground, Darren Dami's done. Darren Dami has not, she's a purple belt now in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, but Amanda Nunes has been a black, black belt, belt for years, though. For absolute years. She used so. to have a black belt tattoo on her arm, but now it's covered. Right, 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 right. So Nunes has fought. All of her level of competition has been nothing but the highest level in the UFC, beating, knocking out Holmes as of late recently, which Darren Dami almost did, but it was after the bell twice. I feel like the craftiest thing you have to be worried about with Darren Dami here is cheating. She's a fighter that will throw a cup punt. She will throw an after the bell elbow, and hopefully Noon's keeps her guard up. I do think this goes a lot further than the first She's fight. She's like Cowboy Oliveira. A hundred percent. I like to bet on those fighters because I'm like, hey, if the ref is stupid enough to let it get through, it gets through and you should reprimand that ref. But you got to keep an eye on. And she comes from that camp, a.k.a. hundred percent. Uh, towels, known for dick kicks, known for eye pokes. All of it. All of it, all of it. But here, Nunes has been fighting again. She's got two wins over my baby Shevchenko in here. So she's elite striker, elite on the ground. As I was saying, I don't think it goes in. It, I don't think it goes to decision, but I don't think it finishes in the first. I got round number four. I think Darren Dami's been in championship problems once or twice. And she really just holds on where Nunes will press forward because that's her, that's her new normal for the last three years has been five round fights. So you have a finish in round number four. What kind? I think it's going to be, again, TKO, grind and pound stoppage. I think even uh, Amanda can get her down off of the cage. It doesn't have to be a catch kick. I think Nunes has many ways of entering. And she's a smart fighter, as is her camp at American Top Team. They're like, yeah, why even give her a chance striking? Let's just do what we did the first time and get paid for another finish. So I like Nunes. I think it is another good legacy fight for her. But I do see her winning. I do a lot of people. I think Amanda Nunes is next level goad. It actually surprises that this is, this should be the second, this should be the co-main. I mean, they're all five rounds Belts. and whatnot, but I just at least sandwiched the lady in there. Right. Like, Split get all up. night yep. at the Roxbury in Agreed. There. Agreed. So, uh... I am not giving GDR as much credit. I respect the Iron Lady. If this was at 135, this would be a, such a different fight in my brain. 
Or it is at 135. Correct. I don't know why I thought it was 140. No, GDR did not want the fight at 35 because Amanda was like, let's do it. And she's like, no, I'm not going to give you 10 pounds. She's a 35er. She never wanted the 45-pound belt. Yeah, that's so smart. Okay. Um, Uh, I still have Noons, and I think this is going to be a dangerous fight for her. I just think, oh, you want to stand and box with Amanda Noons? Uh, How did that go for Chris Cyborg? I do think GDR's hands, and especially kicks, are better than Chris Cyborg. Amanda Nunes just has some way when it goes in there once the first, or at least this is the way we've been seeing her fight. Almost like that uh, change of mind, which oddly enough, same camp, but that same thing that we saw happen with Game Bread is, what am I doing with these fights going to decision? I'm going to go out there and finish these women. And we've just seen this. She is a lion, and she's a lion amongst, not that they're not other amazing animals that she's going against, but you're like, oh, look at these beautiful gazelles jumping across the, or a lion. It's a lion. It's it's just Amanda is killer. I, I think any kind of forward pressure, the credit I'm trying to give is Noon's KO round two to GDR. I really think it's going to be a round one finish. And, oof, I I just can't imagine. GDR has zero ground game. I think Amanda can get her down and take her down. Uh, I think Amanda Nunes has that next level power, and I think she's trained for that fifth round a lot of times. Um, Age is on her side. Amanda Nunes KO round two. I want to pick round one. It feels um, that's the credit I'm giving. I think she t- if she if it goes to round three, Amanda Nunes will take round three off. That could be GDR's. That's the only way I see it going to decision, which I think Amanda Nunes handles it. I agree. Even if it goes to decision, I feel like she wins four, if not all five rounds, potentially. There's just the level of competition has been dramatically different in the last few years, even with the break. So I don't just see GDR mm. making up that big of a difference. Do you in think that GDR hits harder than Cyborg? Yes, because she hits one more precision, which those will hurt you, but... I think she has more precision, but I give Cyborg the power. Flat raw power. And if, I feel like Amanda Nunes ate some Cyborg punches on the way into that whole thing. She ate some gnarly. When you rewatch that fight, you're she like, oh, goosh, shit. Goosh. And she just... But she threw back, and, she, and Cyborg was like, uh-oh. <laughs> but uh, Amanda Nunes, she trains with Colby Covington. Is this all-American top team, no American top team? Uh, she doesn't train with Colby Covington because there's a lot of they intermixing... Train together. Oh, did they? Because no, I'm totally making it. I was gonna say I saw no, video. I know they don't train together. Everybody hate, Col- yeah. Everybody hates Colby, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but they're in the same camp. Is this all American top team? No American top team. I think it is. I think it is. Oh. So that camp has just been pulling out monsters. So on DraftKings for the minus three hundred favorite, Amanda Nunes nine thousand two hundred against GDR seven thousand even. I'm going to try to fit in some noons if I can in there. But actually, I feel like out of most of these bouts, she's the least. Even though I have a finish now, I initially had a decision. I don't know if she... She averages with 98 points, though. She'll be the first champ champ ever to defend at the original weight class. I mean, legacy. I don't know if you've heard that statistic. I feel like I made it up in my head. (laughs) (laughs) Legacy fight. Definitely profile in there. How much do you think you're going to be playing either one of those fighters on DraftKings? I'm going to play Amanda Nunes probably 20 to 30%. Ooh. I'm going to play GDR on a card. 
I just, I feel like I kind of have felt it from the beginning. It could be her deal. I just, Aspen Ladd is no Amanda Noon. Not even close. And I think GDR is no Shevchenko. So, that's, yeah. Noon's round two. KO. Woo. Maybe that's round one. Maybe round one. Make sure. Make sure you are keeping posted. Definitely weigh-in's going to be mattering for that. So, such a fun fight. Then we get into another heater, another one for the belt. We got New Zealand making a trip over with Alexander Volkanovsky coming in against Max Holloway. Volkanovsky having a 20-1 record, being perfect in the UFC, last defeating Jose Aldo, knocking out Chad Mendez, finally getting those staple fights, beating Jeremy Kennedy. He's also the city, the second half of that city kickboxing team with Eugene Behrman and Adesanya and all them. Coming in against Max Holloway at his true champ weight, 145 pounds, where he does his best work and has actually avenged not the loss to Poirier, but at least got back on the winning streak, beating Frankie Edgar for the belt at 145. This is City Kickboxing's legacy. They're going for another belt here. Volkanovski comes in with great striking. He used to be the rugby player. Actually has really good double leg takedowns. Penetrates well on them. In that Chad Mendes fight was a slinger of a show. Volkanovski showed that he can eat shots as much as he can give. And uh, Chad Mendes didn't want no more. He retired after that fight for sure. But really, that, Vol that Jose Aldo fight... Volkanovski made Aldo move weight classes. <laughs> Volkanovski was like, Aldo's like, so now I got to fight Max Holloway and Volk. Fuck this, I'm going to 35. <laughs> like, there's nothing left for me here. Um, great traps. Great jab as well. Range control. All of these guys that we're seeing and the grappling. The submissions for um, Volk aren't necessarily... They're more transitions. He's not trying to submit you by any means. He likes to ground and pound. He'll get you in that side control and land punches. But he's got to get you down. And he does have deep shots in there. Against Max Holloway, though, great takedown defense. Great striking. Not tons of power. Kills you by a 1,000 cuts. Uh, the gas tank for Volkanovski has proven in a five-rounder now. Uh, but Max Holloway has just proven to have that next-level type of gear as well in the fourth and fifth. But we did see what happens with Max Holloway when he starts to get frustrated with strikes against big punchers in Dustin Poirier. It is a 55-pound bout, but it is what it is. You got to watch it and be like, all right, because Eugene Behrman and all those guys are watching that Poirier fight and being like, we're doing that as much as possible to try to uh, break Holloway because you do see once he gets in there that he is human. He does bleed. So this is uh, stylistically just... At range, the Hawaiian tends to pressure a little bit more with tons of angles, but Volkanovski will have answers for those, sending straight shots down the middle. I mean, anywhere this goes, this is a lot of fun, but I do think that off of specifically his back, Max Holloway, I'm talking about specifically, if he gets taken down, he has more triangles. He has more um, arm bars. He just on the ground has shown better submissions with better angles and a, just a little more of an advantage. So that's what we can take there, whether it gets there or not is going to be seen because I think Volkanovski can keep it standing if he wants to as well. Absolutely love this fight. I am shocked that it's this big of a spread out. I thought it would be much more of a coin flip. I had Volkanovski earlier in the week. I think I'm switching it to Max Decision right now. I gotta see the weigh-ins as well. I'm tentative. I could go Max Holloway Decision by that weigh-in. 
I have Volk on my hands. Give me Max Holloway. Volkanovski. Give me, give me Volkanovski decision. Whoa. Ah, this is a... This is he going to get him that decision? The harder strikes... Like if Max is rocked, the it'll look like significant Correct. Not the volume. <laughs> I think Max has strikes. Right. I think though that Volk can make enough angles and land the one harder shot and then um build on that. But I do think overall Max just has more attempts. He kicks to the legs more, he kicks to the body more. On the ground. I don't know if I see this going to the ground a lot more, but it's an interesting, interesting grapple on there. Decision Volkanovski right now. Underdog. Wow. Big underdog. Like three, two rounds? Pl like. Yeah. Yeah, it's a split decision, but it could even be a draw where the champ holds the freak and retains the belt. This could be a draw type of a fight, but it's that close just because wow. they're going to be tit for tat in here. Plus 145 for the underdog Volkanovski against Max Holloway's minus 175. Who do you have in this one for I the belt? Uh, I know. I actually, um, if you're watching on, I I have a something for Max, but I don't feel like tearing down everything else to put up the one thing that I have for Max that has like him young. So you should definitely go and look at um, Google, whatever search engine you use, DuckDuckGo, whatever, <laughs> whatever cool kids you use. And Google Max Holloway Young. He's such a like, holy shit, this kid. Like The workups have him being like, you're a loser. You're a loser. And he's got dyed hair and he's yeah, a baby. Yeah, he out. He looks baby. like a little Hawaiian him and him. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and he is a baby. And I just think um, he's been doing this since then. He's been doing this forever. He's been doing it his whole life. And I appreciate elite athletes, even if it's Volkanovski, you know, like running around in rugby or whatever. Um, he, he, I heard he weighed like 200 pounds before when he was playing rugby or 200 yeah 210 220 yeah i've seen weight. photos i know i made Dude. one of him Jesus he Christ. is like a short little that's a unit yeah he's and he unit. looks like a square <laughs> and so you can see how the double leg takedown comes for this guy and yep. you can see where the power comes from this guy but all that being said that elite athleteness it's like greg hardy is he going to become the champ i just don't see him up at that top five level and that's kind of i volkanovsky I think he's awesome. I think he's elite. Uh, I think he got out of Chad Mendez, who was kind of one foot in, one foot out the door anyway. A Jose Aldo, which we're all questioning, like his last gasp of trying to make himself relevant is going down in weight, like how bad of an idea it is all the way around. Um, so I think... When I've been watching the Embedded, I thought Volkanovski has looked like a skeleton. He has not looked okay. He has w been walking around like, oh, you want me to sign here? Like he has no, he has that zombie look yeah, on his face. Yeah, he's getting down there. We see Max here a lot. We see Max at this, um, he was signing like, I don't write blessed anymore. All right, Max, I just signed my signature. And if you get one that says blessed, it means I met you in person. Like he's all uppity, all quick-witted, all going. Uh, I liked what I was seeing from Matt on these weight cuts. Volkanovski is making me look nervous and this is still this far in before tomorrow's weigh-in you're already looking like this right now and you got two more hours in a sweat box one more hour in a hot tub some hours on the bike and treadmill like that makes me nervous for you homie so uh i also think what volkanovsky needs 
Matt is the, uh, Matt, Max is the best at in the whole division. Volkanovski needs to get on the inside to do any kind of work with his short little tiny rugby arms catching that tiny non-football. Uh, whereas Max is the best at keeping distance in the entire division. He can keep everything at range at the end of his punches. Uh, he's so great on timing. I think it's a testament to how good Dustin Poirier is, but I also think how quick they rush this that fight out and how quick they move Max. Like we've seen fighters moving up and what 10 pounds of moving up, right? Uh, 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 Jorge Masvidal. We've seen a good 10 pounds of muscle being gained compared to a rush 10 pounds. Even look at Nate Diaz now as a true 170 er compared to Nate Diaz when he was fighting Conor McGregor back then. He put on a true 10 pounds of muscle now. And I think that for Max, that was just way too quick of a fight. He could have stayed in this for another year and thought about doing that over a long haul going into his 30s. But I just think it's not that it's disrespectful. I think Max makes it look easy. So when everyone watches his fights, they're like, oh, I can figure out this guy. The thing is, is you're trying to figure out that old puzzle. Max is on to the next puzzle. I think it is still the blessed era. I'm excited to see him back at 145. He wants to taste all the flavors, and uh, Volkanovski is just the next flavor. Give me Max Holloway. I have This is so weird for me. I have Max Holloway decision now that I don't have a finish. I'm giving Volkanovski full credit that I think that rugby, dirty, Australian heart is going to be impossible to finish. I, I think this is actually going to be a fight for the ages. This is going to be one. I, when I started to do my lap bees, a little shout out to the lap bees. Uh, when I started to do my awards for the end of the year, I was like, shit, I can't. There's too many good fights that could be on this. And I see it. This could be a potentially one of the fights of the year. This could so be a fight of the year potential. Oh, it's such a juicy fight. It's got me wanting to eat cupcakes. You know, I like them cupcakes. <laughs> so, Are you talking about eating Tate? <laughs> you talking about eating <laughs> <laughs> So, cupcakes. the flavor that Max is going to try is New Zealand. He is the plus 175 favorite. 8,700 on DraftKings against Volkanovski. 7,500 plus 145. I could see myself switching to Max by the end of the week. I'm tentative on Volkanovski right now. But I'm not saying it's crazy. I'm not talking. Yeah, everyone else has Max. Styles make fights, and yep. he's never gone against a style like Volkanovski. Correct. So, and you know, Australia coming out hot. Yep. Coming out hot. I didn't think Adesanya would do it, and see what happened there. They're I coming did. out of the same I game. I did. <laughs> I did. So, definitely. That's my boo. On DraftKings, <laughs> I'm going to be exposed to both of these guys, and we haven't even talked about it yet. This is three title fights in a row. That means that you can stack, potentially, all three fights and not have to pick another bout. And potentially they could all go it because you got two extra rounds on every one. On every one, and these I mean, Holloway Volkanovski should be volume, volume, volume Gosh, now strikes. that I have it going to decision, whew, that could be a worth a stack. At 7-5, I like... The values that I mean, average Volkanovski against Steven Jose Aldo, he got 70 points. His average is 107 against Jose Aldo. He's done the worst scoring wise on DraftKings with 77 points prior to that 107, 100, 128, 116, 107. I'm gonna have to make a new uh image, a new logo for this fight. 
and it's and it'll be a month later, but it's gonna be like a dirty split. You don't always see it because you don't always think it's gonna True. be a dirty split. Uh, this might be the lappy stack. True. Like it might look like a hamburger. That's how I'm imagining it with like different condiments in the middle, and then one of the condiments lappy, another beef stack. Right. Anyway. Max Holloway against Jose Ortega on DraftKings, 190 points. Not strikes. 190 points on DraftKings did Max Holloway get. Like, this fight could get us into next level on points yeah. on DraftKings. So, I think the stack, stack is super the best live. The blessed. Woo! Sorry. I know you have a look on Woo! all <laughs> For now. For now. This is a close one, but I'm going to be playing both guys. Might even stack them, as we're saying. But definitely put both guys. You're going to need one, or if not both of them. Definitely... Such a great bout. That's good enough for any pay-per-view. We could be done. We could be we, done. We, we could be door, out of here. Going home. Nope. Two title fights. Woo! I'm spent. Slapping 12 the old wife on the ass. Let's go, going baby. To get in the kitchen. <laughs> Give me dinner. Give me a PB and J. Let's go. PB and J and a PJ. <laughs> so. Just kidding. She would look at me and be like, uh... <laughs> Why don't you go clean your fish pond? <laughs> Is that what you call it? <laughs> She'd be like, Why don't you play your video game? And I'd be like, Okay. Yep, boo, 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 boo. So definitely hitting it up. The I main... did on my UFC. I know we're about to get into the main event, but this is the main event. Uh, on my UFC 3 video game, uh, I finished my first fighter's career Ooh. to become the GOAT. Right, you were uh, saying you know, that. I was saying that. Uh, I don't know who to start with next. Are you finding a favorite fighter on that game? Not yet, but I don't play those career stuff. I am all about just getting into that live and learning on the f trial by fire. So uh, I might have to dos, that out. Dos Santos and heavyweight I've really liked. Santa, huh? Interesting. Yeah, fun. yeah, you got some fun kicks. I don't know why, but I'm feeling like I might be a Dan Hooker type fighter. Ooh, nasty, nasty. I know. I thought I was a takedown artist, but I'm getting <laughs> pretty brutal with my kicks. I'm sure, they're loving it in this heavy duty breakdown. Okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. For the main event, it is what we came for. 170 pounds. We have Kamaro, Marty Usman coming in against Colby Chaos, Professor Chaos himself, Covington. Kamaru Usman, I am with all love with Marty. I know it's whatever it is, but he's been definitely interesting aspect of these fights and this whole workup. He has at times been the heel with taking off his shirt and just kind of not playing the good guy role. As Colby's like, dude, I'm being the bad guy. All you got to do is the good guy. And at <laughs> times it's just like, I'm going to go try to fight this guy in the lobby with Abdi Abdelaziz. And it's like, no, Usman, that doesn't make you look good. Where, of course, Kobe don't care. He did, That's not his game. So, there's been a lot of back and forth. Kobe's been talking a lot, bringing up a lot of really sensitive issues about former um, managers who just passed away for Usman, and Kobe's bringing that stuff up. And those were Ali people. Abdelaziz that just, passed away. No, that's why he has a leave because oh, his his initial. So so <laughs> he went the same way Epstein did. <laughs> oh, sheet. red handkerchief. Exactly. <laughs> so <laughs> oh, he um, just walked out. He faked his death. Is that what you're telling exactly. me? Exactly. <laughs> He's in Bermuda somewhere. So definitely, Usman. Has also been just showing that he that he's letting that get to him a little bit as well. But the other claim that's been going as of late is Kobe's been saying that EPO and steroids, PEDs, Usman's been in his back pocket for a while. And you can see how. And I 
took it for just talk. And then I saw an article of his one of his longtime training partners popping multiple times within this last two months for EPO and other PED substance. So it's like, mm. all right, it's at your gym. TJ Dillashaw, Cody Garbrandt, your FA Burr. Uh, like, if one guy's doing it. Gosh, and you know what? You know who else we've seen a huge dive off if you're bringing one guy in the gym? We've seen kind of a cap out, huge cap out of uh, Luke. If you're just talking about a gym being sketchy. Uh, well, gas tank issues potentially, but we haven't seen that from Kamaru Usman. He's had a no, stellar... No, he has some weird skin. Stellar gas tank. Like, it makes me think... I always notice guys with that are taking certain Back things. Back knee. Yes. Yeah. He's a really Which, bad case. I know that also comes from wrestlers. I'm not, but I just don't imagine him spending a lot of time on his back unless he's been training for I that. mean, <laughs> if we're talking about the unit of Volkanovski, we saw Usman in person and we're like, oh. I thought he was Tyler Two of fiver. Yeah. You were like, he's a two of fiver. Yeah, no, enormous. you thought it was Jimmy Manoa. <laughs> so so Usman's massive in there uh, definitely shown a great gas tank great wrestling Jutko champion coming in against Colby Covington's D1 wrestling we've talked this about this many times if you're following for that plus money puesta you already know but I feel like we still got to tell you but why. But I did ask you off air, and I think it's a good where I was like, oh, one of them's a D1, one of them's a D2. What's the difference? So, Kobe Covington was only All-American once, but he was a D1 wrestler wrestling at Oregon State, where... Hard-ass wrestling school. One of the hardest, for sure. And uh, Kobe just proved that he wasn't a champ, but he definitely has the credentials of just being high next level, where... The Jutko champion isn't that D1 level because he was a champion. And there is something to be said for that. The difference, though, in both of their wrestling careers is that Kamaru Usman went to the Olympic team and was an alternate for the tryouts where Kobe Covington didn't even get mentioned there. But Kobe also quit, not quit. His wrestling career was over and he started MMA where Usman went to wrestling and then started MMA. There was multiple when Kamara Usman was just a coach on the tough house back like five, six years ago. They told him, hey, dude, you should fight. And he was like, no, nah, man, I just coach wrestling. I'm a wrestler. And they essentially were like, you could do MMA. Transitioned over and I was doing it and it shows great takedowns, great double legs, ultra explosive. The fight that I mainly went back on to look at them for the best, I feel like, showcasing was Dos Anjos. They have it in common. They have multiple other fights in common. Damian Maya, um, other opponents in there. Not T-Woods, which we just had a blowout happen with Kamara Usman here. But T-Wood didn't look the best. And I don't think T-Wood is, is ever going to get that belt or strap again. I think Colby Covington could do a lot of what Usman did. Not the same, in the same way, just kind of a little different route, but using that wrestling. In that Dos Anjos fight, the biggest things that stood out is the manner of takedown in both of these two fighters. Colby Covington immediately gets in your face, goes for the body lock, goes for the double legs, goes to strikes, goes back for the body lock. Kamara Usman is much more managed. He walks out. Pats at you, throws a jab, throws an overhand right, and only throws at most three and four, not even three and four, at most two and three punch combinations. When he's hurt fighters, he'll throw five and six, but he's much more in that top side control instead of out in the open striking, where Colby is throwing punches at your face on the ground and on top, it doesn't matter. It's the takedown defense. Kamaru Usman has great takedown defense, as does Colby, and on the ground, 
in that Dos Anjos fight, in the third round, I saw Kobe take some deep breaths. Saw him take a couple big puffs. The announcers even talked about it. And I was like, all right, well, this is where it should have turned. But in that third round in between, Kobe got it together and came out and pushed even harder where Kamaru Musman in no fight has ever taken that deep breath. I didn't see it. I When I watched his fights, he steadily stays on you, hurt lots of fighters, says he's a knockout artist, but in the UFC, Colby Covington has finished more fighters, more UFC fighters. Usman is much more of a decision type of fighter. He'll hit you with that one and two shot. He does have more power, but where I think the intangible here is for Colby Covington is when he gets in his face, uh, Usman likes to stay at distance because it's his pace. Even though it's a high pace and he likes to be an advantage, he nobody ever gets him out of that rhythm. Colby Covington staying in his face is going to get him out of that rhythm. And once the breathing gets out of control, I don't know if Usman's going to be able to get it under control. I've seen it happen to Colby and him able to regulate it. That's little itty bitty inconsistencies, but that's where I needed to go in this fight because I was just watching everything. And it's such a close fight that it boggles my mind that there's this much of a difference in betting lines. Minus 190 now for Kamara Usman. This is a coin flip at best. So the betting odd value by far, the plus money plus that is Colby Covington. I know why a lot of people are going with Usman and rightfully so, but I just feel like Colby Covington is going to bring a different type of uh, pace that's going to mess up the rhythm of Usman. But this is a decision type of fight. I don't see this being a knockout for either fighter. I dis- It goes to the scorecards. Do you think the decision could hurt Colby? Yes, because he doesn't have the belt officially, even though he has the interim, which he was stripped of. Yeah, yeah. For no reason. For no other than he didn't want to fight on a short notice when he had to have no surgery. But hate is going to hate. Do you think ESPN being a Disney company and politics, as suck as it is, do you think that could affect him too? Like just for being this like playing the MAGA guy? and Sure. Yeah, it could. I feel like an aspect I didn't touch on is um, multiple times with Kamar Usman. I know we can't touch on climate, but sure. there's other things. And, <laughs> there is know. other things. Uh, one of the big factors is multiple times, and we've talked about it here, Kamar Usman broke both of his hands. He broke his foot. He broke his other hand. He broke his hand again in multiple fights where he later on comes out and says... I was at 30%. It, it, exactly. Kamaru Usman um, will have excuses for not being able to finish fighters or even excuses of why he stopped throwing punches where Kobe, with her, he hasn't ever talked about it. He's like, I'm good because it's not a... he. The, it's a little bit of a different mentality. So it was just something that I kept seeing where he's like, I broke both my hands. I broke both my hands, but I won. And 30%. And Kobe's like, nah, man. I could go 10 more rounds with the bedroom. <laughs> yeah. I am going to throw a little shade at Usman here. Uh, I was kind of an Usman hater, and then we loved him for a lot of years. We pulled him. We, knew, like, he'd be in, we knew he'd be in this position of being a champ one day. But... All that is only with my knowledgeable eyes now looking at what at the whole picture. He 
didn't blaze a trail. Colby was there with a machete teaching him the exact game plan of all these fighters and fought all these fighters a year younger in all their careers of, of ancient careers, like old effing dudes, like 40 year olds. And that's so old in fighting, especially with the amount of miles like Rafael Dos Anjos or like um, Damian Maya or any of these guys. And so Colby kind of gave everybody the game plan of this. I think Ali Abdelaziz is sneaky and shady and you know everybody's looking and he kind of rushed Usman to the title shot of Woodley anyway the way he handled Woodley is like nothing to be said uh yep I think that Colby could have done that same thing to Woodley that night 100% and I think that also if you look at all the fights that Usman took right after Colby uh he was like why is he calling out Woodley what's he see that I don't see oh he lost a step if if somebody is going to have better if actually takedown defense and you get wrestled where you, uh, the takedowns don't come as easy that's another thing that'll burn your cardio everybody thinks the power there is for Usman but go back he doesn't finish fights mm-hmm. he does have the same rinse and repeat he is more like it's not the same necessarily style as Khabib but he gets both legs under he wraps him up and he stays down it's a lot more shoulder in the face than it is a bunch of punches mm-hmm. um, so Kobe is busy 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 I think the uh, Usman may dominate for a little while but the amount of work it will take him to dominate Colby a guy with the amount of wrestling knowledge that he has is going to burn him out and I do think something was fishy with Usman and just look at his body so also great point I wanted to mention this in my notes here on the embeddeds the things that I like to look in the background I have not seen Kamara Usman without a knee pad on that right knee. And he talks about injuries constantly. He, in the first already episode... Already excuse, building it up. And if you already have an excuse in your head, that ain't a good Do you remember him saying, one of the hardest camps. It was a really rough camp. Did you hear that on the first Embedded? They uh-huh. asked him, like, how's it going? He's like, man, it was a pretty tough camp. Hmm. But he looks stiff out of both fighters to me when they're showing him. He's just like, ah, okay. But it, wrestling wears on the joints. How Ben Askren hip replacement... Coleman hit multiple wrestlers. That stance, that level, it works on the joints. And if the wrestling, by if it stunts Olympic each level. other at all, right? Kobe wins on the hands all day to that me, crazy. all day. Just the amount of punches you can call whatever you want significant, uh, but the pure amount of punches that are going to be thrown by Colby compared to Usman. And I think going into that fourth or fifth, I think we're going to see. You know, it's going to be a great fight. So I think some people are going to be highly. If you're not educated in the sport, you're going to be bored sometimes. Agreed. Uh, but I think Colby turns it up, stays at distance, and I just think he handedly wins the last two rounds. And it's I have Covington can, decision. It's whether he can get the first three. I have Covington decision. Me, as do I. I just don't. I don't see a finish for Kamaru Usman. Uh, it makes me nervous that he could get robbed. Because I could see it as a 3-2, but they still give it to Usman. It makes me nervous. Even his politics and the... T- 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 as the you were saying with stadium. Disney. Like, yeah, I think that, that stuff I do take into account where I could see Usman sneaking out of steel. And because people hate Colby so much, they'll be like, I don't care. I'm glad. Right. I'm glad. Agreed. But um, this has nothing to do. This is stripping away everything skill for skill. I love Usman. I think Usman stole what was Colby's. Like the same way you say, see Nate Diaz yelling at Connor, like, you took what was my motherfucker. <laughs> That's how I feel what Usman did. He snuck in and took what was Colby's because Colby was like getting a surgery. That's the other thing I like. 
if you are broken all the time, we don't ever hear about Usman with all these surgeries. I'm glad Colby fixed himself right. and got everything together. So right now I have Covington decision. Um, I could see myself doing like a couple of Covington finish. I just don't see it for Usman unless it's a robbery. And that could totally happen. And I'll be like, <laughs> who fucking care? I won't even remember. Really, I'll just be like... People um, in the room will be like, I'm glad he lost. I don't even care that Colby lost. On DraftKings, minus 190. Kamaru Usman, the favorite, decided favorite there. 8,900 on DraftKings against Colby Covington. 7,300 plus 155, 165, 170. Keep on adding it. I'm going to hit it again before closing lines as well. I'm probably going to have Colby on every card. I don't see him getting knocked out at all. Agreed. And I know he's going to keep doing work from so the bottom. We could stack this as well because Usman's going to also be having... He's going to have less, but he's still going to have volume. So yeah. he's going to have points compared to a lot of other this fights. This totally could be a stack as well. This we might definitely... Could be, but I do... Up. As you're saying, I definitely like uh, Kobe. I'm going to go 40 50% on Kobe. I'm really... At 7-3, too much value. I don't see the finish, especially early on in the fight, if it were to happen. No way. I think you guys are going to be real stunted. I think there's going to be... I could see the first takedown going to Usman, but I think the amount of work it's going to be, then he's going to try to keep it on the feet, and the feet's going to go to Colby. Then he's going to try to go back to the takedowns, but by then Colby's cardio is better than his, and he can stuff him and then start taking Usman down. I think right. we're it's going to be Usman first, then to all Colby. So, ugh. Woo! I think Such everyone's going to hate it. And, okay, here's my next. Yes. If Usman wins, I don't want to see Usman Masvidal. No, about Usman, Colby, Covington, right? Do you? Have they built enough? Do we really believe that? Or is do we want to see, like, Masvidal versus Nick Diaz and Edwards. then watch Colby versus Edwards? I could see Edwards, Masvidal actually a little more as well just because of their back I don't think, I think Masvidal's into that next level super where fighter. Edwards, yeah, where Edwards, Edwards is, is still fighting for that belt. True, Edwards is in. But I don't know. This is going to be a great fight. This is going to be a great <sighs> fight night. Great fight night. This is must watch. But you all know that. That's why you're here. God, what a great show we have. For everyone, what a great fight night. Yeah, thanks for coming. Uh, make sure you're hitting the bell up there. I'm not going to point at anything for YouTube. I know how they're like, hit there and hit there. <laughs> okay, I totally done it. I totally <laughs> done it. All right, you guys. Thanks for coming, and we will talk to you soonie. Let me.